You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the book of Proverbs, now looking at Proverbs chapter 3. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. This is Podcast 3 from Proverbs 3. It's been a pretty interesting day and evening. A cyber attack on Atlanta computers is underway. And so if you've only had intermittent access to the website, be flexible. Remember, that's not your fault. It's not a lack of discipline on your side. It's just the kind of stuff that happens. If you get the numbers a little bit confused, then just shift your uh, program of study. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, Cyber attackers, wow. Well, we're talking about the disciplined life. As we saw in the first couple of chapters, we must have a true fear of the Lord, and we need to get rid of any trace of complacency if our priorities are going to be right, if we're really going to mature into the kind of disciplined life the Lord wants us to have. Now, in chapter 3, we'll be talking about the humility required. I know when you when you sign up for a series on discipline, you're thinking of a list of practicals, do this, do that, and we'll have some of those. But really, it's a matter of character. And that's why these principles of the heart are, well, not just what I'm emphasizing, but it's what the book of Proverbs uh, emphasizes. Later in Proverbs, there are a lot more specific practicals. The early chapters have a bit of a different feel. You'll notice it change probably starting in chapter 10. So let me read chapter 3, NIV. After the comments, I'll reread it in the ESV. We'll pray, and I'll thank you for being part of this ministry. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father, the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. 
My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you, when you already have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse anyone for no reason when they've done you no harm. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways, for the Lord detests the perverse, but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. The wise inherit honor, but fools get only shame. Well, that's chapter three. I love it. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Proverbs. My son, don't forget my teaching. So we're in a teaching posture. That's why it's appropriate for me as I read Proverbs to be looking to heaven as I read, to realize that I'm the student, not just a teacher, but a student. And the encouragement is to keep the commands in your heart. And that doesn't mean memory. That's talking about obedience. I suppose if we remember the commands and we've memorized them, then we will obey. But keeping it in the heart, that's similar to uh, Colossians 3.16, letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And this is what brings peace. Uh, Then he says in verse 3, let love and faithfulness never leave you. And he encourages us to write them on the tablet of our heart. I've often heard people say, writing it on your tablet of your heart means memorizing it. But that's really not that's not correct, biblically speaking. Uh, and there's a passage, I believe it's in chapter 22, that makes this very clear. But even in, here in 3.3, it's clear enough. Love and faithfulness are supposed to be on the tablet of our heart. You don't memorize love and faithfulness. I mean, that's just two words. It's much deeper than that. And so we'll win favor if we do that. Now, then we come to something that is uh, deceptively simple. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I think that's hard. I think, I think, I thought that was easy. But really trusting the Lord so we don't hold back, that's difficult. I remember as a child, uh, well, I remember my fear of the water. And, you know, after years of swimming lessons, finally I got over that and, and I was able to even become a good underwater swimmer. But diving was never my strong point. I, I was always afraid. I don't know what I was afraid of, but I would always end up my body being in a strange position as I hit the water and others made it look so easy, but it was, there was a great fear. I just couldn't do it. I remember when I was taking my test for my swimming qualification in the Boy Scouts, uh, I was supposed to do a head first dive and I smacked my knees on the dock and I got up out of the water. I was bleeding. There are trust issues. We like to manage our own lives. Many of us have relational issues. I would include myself in there. Trusting the Lord, you know, everyone says, oh yeah, I trust the Lord. He's my savior. 
I have faith in him. I, I think that's actually very difficult because the flesh has a tendency and our flesh tends to go do it our way. So uh, th- think about that. And if we do, he'll make our path straight. And that doesn't necessarily mean there won't be bumps along the way. A straight path has more to do with moral straightness, as in staying on the straight and narrow. Uh, and, And when we walk on level paths, that normally refers to our doing what's right. People always ask me, what's God's will? What's the plan? I'm looking for direction. I think he's much more concerned with how you walk than, well, where you walk, as in what career you end up having or where you end up moving. Stumbling is a moral thing. When we sin, when we mess up, uh, we fall. Uh, When our paths are straight, then we don't stumble. And that's a very common biblical phrase uh, throughout both Testaments. And then we come to verse 7, which is similar to 5 and 6. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So you can see how that connects back to chapter 1. And it's an attitude. It's a fundamental attitude we need to have. There's a challenge to honor the Lord with our wealth. And if we don't do that, if we just hoard it, well, uh, that's like Amos 6, verses 1 to 7, materialism. Find out what God really thinks about a materialistic lifestyle. Back in chapter 1, verse 19, uh, certain, you know, we're warned not to go for unjust gain, the kind of gain that, that certain hoodlums would prefer. They just want to extort it rather than uh, earning it. And, and, and so honoring the Lord with our wealth It's more than just giving a donation. It's an attitude towards possession. It's an attitude about stewardship. When it says the first fruits of our crops, maybe you don't have crops. In the Old Testament, things were much more agrarian. The tithe, the 10% that was mandatory, was given on crops and herds. There there was money, and and money was used more and more. But uh, I think most people's wealth consisted not of of coins, it consisted of animals and what few possessions it might have, mainly to take care of the animals and to work the land. And so if you had a bumper year, yeah, you're going to bring a lot in. If you don't have a great year, you won't either. But it's really an agricultural kind of command. The first fruits of our crops. Uh, God looks for for the best. Then we have a passage that will be familiar to you from the book of Hebrews. My son, don't despise the Lord's discipline. He actually gives two different responses. You know, one is to take it too hard. The other one is to take it too light, you know, to laugh it off or just to go uh, slinking away into the corner in self-pity thinking I'm the worst person on the planet. I, I think this is, uh, this is kind of a go-to passage, not in Proverbs, but when it's quoted in Hebrews. If I'm having a rough time, I realize I'm not living a life that's pleasing God. I like to read Hebrews 12. It's just a great chapter for me. You probably have some go-to chapters or go-to passages. And that attitude uh, that we're supposed to have when we're experiencing a hardship and the discipline of the Lord, that, that attitude is described first here in the book of Proverbs. And, and, you know, understanding how the two Testaments connect is a huge part of biblical knowledge. Otherwise, it'll just be a, like, like a list of disconnected facts or, you know, trivia from this book and that book. We really need to see the connections. And in a way, they're just as important as the specific dots that are being connected. We're encouraged, again, to go after wisdom. And wisdom is compared to a tree of life. 
Well, we remember the tree of life from Genesis 3, but it's also mentioned four times in Proverbs and four times in Revelation. And it's that eternal life. It's a quality of life. And ultimately, it is connected to the gift of eternal life. Those who believe in Jesus Christ will live forever. Then there's a passage that that may have confused you. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. He set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. In the ancient world, they believed that there were watery depths underneath the earth. There was uh, a kind of body of water, like an ocean. They also believed that there was a heavenly uh, uh, sea, an ocean above the firmament. If you open the floodgates and the heavens, and the heavens were viewed as, well, the firmament is something hard, so it has windows in it, like sluices. When they're opened, the water comes down, and if the depths are divided, then the water comes up. And of course, that's exactly what you read about in the flood in Genesis. And I'm here to talk about Proverbs. I'm here to talk about discipline, but sometimes I will comment on things that, that, that could be uh, confusing. But it's the Lord who is in charge of the entire earth. He did, he's been the boss since the beginning. He does it right. We need to trust him. I mean, if he can handle the planet, he can handle your life. Uh, There's some more great verses, but I'm going to skip ahead a little bit further. Um, In 27, 28, about not withholding good and telling your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. That's quite similar to a passage in chapter 24, uh, Maybe you know that one. Maybe you should take a look at it after this lesson. But it's so easy to say no. I find that if I have, if if there's a request or a need, the quicker I deal with it, the better it goes. Normally, if I get a bill in the mail, I pay it right away. I don't like to sit on things. Um, I want to know what I actually have. I want to know how much money is in the account. I want to know what my obligations are. If someone asks for for something and I've got it with me or it's near, I get it and I give it to them. If they're borrowing it, I write down the date they're going to return it. Otherwise, you may never see it again. Or if it's a gift, I make it a gift. We need to be uh, like that. It's, It's not quite a passage on spontaneity, but it's a passage on, well, maybe availability, like really being there for those who who need our help which is the total opposite of plotting harm against our neighbor, which is the next section. And then at the end of the chapter, where it says the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blessed the home of the righteous, there's kind of an interesting wording here. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and the oppressed. Huh. You may recognize that because it shows up in the New Testament a number of times. You know, God opposes the proud but he gives a grace to the humble. Again, it's about attitude. There are just two kinds of people. In the book of Proverbs, I mean, you have the wise man, you have the fool, the righteous, the wicked. And these paired opposites uh, appear many times. But here, the one person is wise. He's humble. But the other one is a mocker. He has contempt for the word of God. He doesn't really think it's that important. He spends his time doing other things. The Bible calls him a fool. Then you have the wise man who listens, who appreciates who God is, and who has the characteristic of humility. And that's the challenge I want us to pray about today. 
know, trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not being wise in our own eyes. That's another way of saying, let's be humble. I'm going to read this uh, passage, but actually first, let me pray. I feel like doing that at this moment. Dear Lord, we trust that you are sovereign over the entire universe and not just the earth. And so we know you can handle our lives, which are really not that complicated compared to the cosmos. Help us, Lord, to trust your judgment, to bring your word into our heart, to seek wisdom, to reject complacency, just completely reject it, to deal with things as they come up, not to delay, to be available to our friends, strangers, realize there may be divine opportunities. The more we study your word, the more we realize how little we know. We know we should not be wise in our own eyes, but trust in you with all of our heart. And so we ask you today to give us uh, humility, the kind of humility that pleases you. Thank you, Lord. I pray in, in Christ's name. Now I'll read in the ESV as we conclude this podcast. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. On the Lord, with your wealth, and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you can desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold wisdom fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens by his knowledge. The deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of a sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it's due. When it's in your power to do it, do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you, and do not contend with a man for no reason when he's done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence. Do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord. 
but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Towards the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Thanks for listening. Until tomorrow, we will continue in chapter four. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's. T- for additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. 